Powered by Adept Group, this is the Unpacking Excellence Podcast with Daniel Beardsworth. Daniel Beardsworth. Bringing together top packaging professionals to share insight and knowledge on all things packaging. Now, introducing your host, Daniel Beardsworth. Welcome to Adept Packaging's Unpacking Excellence Podcast. My guest today is Daryl Job, the founder and CEO of Veracool. Daryl, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm uh, excited about this, so I appreciate it. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, of course, and thanks for joining us. To get started, I just want to hear a little bit about <laughs> the story behind Veracool and, and your um, Veracooler and how, how you developed that. Okay, great. Yeah, the story behind Veracool, where do I start? So I got into the packaging industry roughly when I was 25 years old. I got into uh, distribution packaging roughly when I was 26, and had a knack for it. And I really, really liked the different substrates and materials that you could supply a customer utilizing specific manufacturers. And as I started working with engineers in, in, in the industry, I, I grew a knack for just how everything was put together. And I always wanted to give my customers the best, most cost-effective a solution. And sometimes that uh, you differentiate yourself from your engineers because they might have their own opinion. But being very close to the customer and understanding that's how my compensation worked and wanted to always maintain those relationships, I really started focusing on engineering and design. Started working with companies that were selling very large medical equipment, machines and instruments, and contract manufacturers throughout you know, North America, uh, even tapped into Asia as well, and uh, started doing very, very well. My customers knew I was committed to always bringing them the most cost-effective, most innovative design. And I would say roughly around 2009, when we had the housing crisis, I had to take a really, I had to take a step back because I was told packaging is uh, recession proof. <clears throat> well, our company actually got hit by roughly about 50% in loss in sales during that time because manufacturing was pretty much at a halt. And uh, I did an evaluation on my sales and my sales were only impacted by about 10%. And so I reviewed my customers, wanted to understand why that was. And I noticed that the majority of my customers were medical, healthcare, biotech, pharma, instrument, machines, and so on. So I said, hey, Daryl, you're 30 years old. Why don't you stay focused in this space? If there's ever a recession again, you're going to be protected. Your family, your kids will be protected and so on. So that's where I started moving forward. And as I started doing so, the FDA was really coming down on many uh, life science companies and biotech companies and so on, making sure that they were meeting their SOPs and following through with their commercialized labels, meeting the temperature criteria and so on. And I noticed that there was a ton of, you know, EPS, expanded polystyrene, commonly known as styrofoam, which it really isn't, and a polyurethane. And being from California, there's been uh, partial and full bans on different types of materials. And I did an evaluation and I said, hey, if you're able to create a material, they'll put a ban forth and they'll get that material out of the environment if it's detrimental. But they can't do so unless you create something. So I started working with this old timer uh, that had been in the industry for about 40 plus years out of Southern California, Gary Lance, and he's a good, good friend of mine now. And um, uh, he started bringing to me, you know, ideas of working with compostable uh, plant-based materials and possibly launching them with our customers. And I grew keen to it. It, it made sense to me. And, uh, you know, originally when we were looking at coming out, it was just, a, it wasn't cost effective enough. Uh, it was just too new, but the performance level was there for the refrigerated space. So uh, roughly fast forward to five years ago, I mean, five years forward, I wanted to create my own company. I was looking at buying a portion of the company that I was in 
but decided to go a different route and create Veracool and provide the market environmentally friendly, uh, cost-effective solutions that are high performing. And that was focused on the healthcare industry. So performance was the key. And as I started doing so and understanding the market and designing and engineering and developing innovation and putting IP around uh, future products that I believe the market was going to need, uh, the meal kit industry and the food industry also was wanted to transition into environmentally friendly products. And they were pushing the line much harder than the healthcare industry because of the, the possible consequences if it doesn't work. Or is there enough uh, sustainability and enough product out there in the market or raw material to support a full launch of environmentally uh, thermally insulated uh, containers? So, um, you, know, you fast forward that five years ago, here we are. And um, definitely, definitely uh, proud of my team for all the work that they put forth. And just the market itself, you know, with social media and just the trend and everyone understanding detrimental petroleum-based products and how much they're impacting our global landscape, I'm extremely, and I mean extremely excited to where we are now. Now, the healthcare companies and medical companies, biotech, everyone has also jumped on with their sustainability initiatives that they have within their organizations to say, hey, we're here to protect life. Why are we utilizing this detrimental petroleum-based product that's wreaking havoc on our environment. We all understand EPS is, is very, very harmful to the environment when not disposed of correctly. And when it is disposed of, it just goes directly to a landfill. And there's minimal uh, recycling centers in North America. You, you have to drive through nine counties just to drop off one cooler. Who's going to take three hours to do so? So, you know, there's other companies like Veracool that are coming out and really pushing that have come out and that are making a stance. And I, I'm, I'm proud of them all. And I'm, uh, I'm grateful just to be a, to be a part of it. Yeah, so much of the packaging industry uh, obviously is really moving towards uh, sustainable and compostable, just uh, more environmentally friendly goods. And it sounds like really in the temperature controlled shipping space that there's a lot of, a lot of room for you guys to, to become a leader there. Yes. Speaking of kind of temperature controlled packaging and, and the cold chain, the COVID vaccines uh, obviously have put that into sort of a, a spotlight globally and, and really has been on the top of everybody's mind for a few months now. Um, and I did a little digging on your website and it looks like uh, you've done some work kind of in that space for uh, temperature controlled vaccine shipments. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, we, we got to the game pretty late when it came to the COVID vaccine and being able to support it. You know, we have our hands tied. We're, we're, our, our, we have limited bandwidth based upon all the demand that we have for our current customers and, and future customers that we have lined up. And roughly the end of November, uh, when they started talking about releasing the COVID vaccines in December and January, you know, the criteria from Pfizer, Moderna, and those have came out. And I believe the first criteria was from Pfizer, which is roughly uh, minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit. And I just thought that might be a little too hard to maintain uh, utilizing our coolers. But I told our team, you know what, let's give it a shot. And then Moderna came out with one that I think was minus 20. And I said, hey, let's focus on long durations because this is a very important vaccine. We need to make sure that it has enough time to get into the hands of the recipient. And based upon the dynamics of the shipping lanes right now, uh, let's try to extend it. So let's try to create a 96 and a 120 hour, 100% uh, curbside recyclable solution. My team, my engineers thought I was crazy. <laughs> and they said, wow, dude, that's a, that's a hard feat. How are we gonna do so when we've never created something to date? Especially holding minus 70 degrees Celsius for that duration. So I gave some criteria that I wanted to achieve 
and suggested it with our engineering group and Sydney and Jose and our team. They did very, very well at executing and ensuring that we passed in-house. And then we sent it off to a third-party qualification lab that's ISTA certified and had them third-party qualified as well. So that the market has something if it chooses to move in that direction that's 100% recyclable, curbside recyclable, doesn't have an impact on our environment versus shipping out you know, millions upon millions upon millions of new EPS coolers into the market and also globally so we could support, you know, we have an amazing partnership that we have with uh, Storopack and others that are going to be coming out in the market based upon our innovation and uh, to supply the support for COVID vaccine shipments. That's like super impressive to be able to turn around, you know, obviously with those, the, the specifications that the first two vaccines have, have had in terms of temperatures to be able to turn that around so quickly. Yeah, it was uh, when I when I started looking at what I was trying to achieve, I felt pretty strong about the duration and, and the performance. And I put a timeline uh, with our engineers. And one thing that's much different from our products versus other products out there in the market, Veracool is the highest performing insulator for frozen shipments when it comes to environmentally friendly uh, products. Other products out there in the market, they either have gaps in their insulation when it comes to environmentally friendly or their major edge loss products. So Veracool utilizes a system R value and a material R value to create a solution. And uh, I, I had confidence in it. And our team, uh, when we started seeing the first results, which were very, very promising, we knew we were going to hit it off on the next testing. And uh, we were really excited to do so. Beyond your work in the life sciences space, I heard you mention meal delivery and, and other food shipments. And that's also been a big thing for the cold chain in recent years, kind of you know shipping fish and other fresh produce over longer distances that, that take longer times. Can you talk a little bit about the work that you've done in the, in the food industry? Yeah, so we started working in the food industry roughly around two years ago. We just started launching our products because the first three years was just focused on innovation. And it was more or less just market testing. And when it came to uh, the food industry, you have refrigerated and then you also have frozen. Frozen uh, customers came to us immediately based upon our performance, and uh, we were able to start supplying them. We have a considerable amount of customers uh, looking forward to our expansion. We're opening up capacity currently right now in North Carolina, also Cincinnati. We have a location in New Jersey and also uh, on the West Coast where we're here manufacturing, and we're coming to Germany uh, this year. So we're really, really excited. And these are all manufacturing locations, and we're doing so to support the food industry, which is primarily focused on replacing any type of petroleum-based products in their containers with a sustainable solution because most of the recipients are customers at home and they don't usually have the resources to travel, you know, 30, 40 miles to drop off a styrofoam cooler or whatever it might be. And second of all, they don't want to have an impact because they're receiving these subscriptions, which they're getting two or three uh, deliveries, you know, every couple of weeks. So we just really want to be a part of it. We have some great customers throughout multiple locations and uh, there's going to be some large announcements with some other customers in the coming uh, weeks and months that are blue chip companies that are launching new platforms of shipping for their customers. And we're really, really excited and current customers that we have that are going to be moving up a considerable amount of capacity. Yeah, I think, you know, especially now during everyone in, you know, kind of quarantine during the pandemic, it's really changed people's sort of shopping habits for, for everything, um, food included. And there's been so much talk about it causing a kind of resurgence of single-use plastics because people didn't really feel like they had a lot of alternatives. 
how is you know just kind of the overall uh, changes in, in people's shopping since the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic started? Uh, how, how's that affected your business? It's actually increased it in the in the opportunity is just so much more. At the same time, the push for sustainability is there as well. COVID has changed the dynamics of how consumers look at receiving products that they use on a daily basis. You know, when you look at some of the uh, test analysis that have been done, case studies that have been done, when you look at some of these companies that had been growing organically, they were looking at, you know, small amounts of growth over a certain amount of time span and a retention rate that was, you know, a considerable and it was depending on your product line, you know, it was either 5% or 20% or 15% or whatever it might be. And you were banking on the future of this continual rate. And what COVID did was it forced these products into the consumer's hands at a much more rapid pace, much more volumes. Everybody within 60 days was completely at capacity. There was not enough insulation in the market. There was every single customer of ours or customers that we were looking at or just completely market in general was at complete capacity, turning away orders they couldn't take no more uh, because they weren't expecting it. Now the retention rate for those customers as we continue to migrate out of COVID as things get better, the retention rate is gonna be pretty substantial because you know individuals have realized it's uh, efficient, it's effective to receive your you know some of these packages at home and to do this. And, a lot of family time is created around these. I know HelloFresh has done some amazing things around family and experiences, and some of the other ones out there has also uh, done so. So why recreate it and uh, try something new? I think this is the way of the future, and I'm just happy to be a part of it and very cool to be a part of it. Yeah, it seems like, um, you know, obviously this is a, the, the pandemic really caused a lot of people to change their, their shopping habits, but um, it's, it's likely that once people kind of get used to the convenience That'll continue, you know, well, well after we're we're through this difficult period. Yes. Um, I noticed when I was kind of checking things out on your website that you do a lot of work with formerly incarcerated individuals. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what inspired that and and the work that you guys are doing in those folks? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what inspired it? You know, to be honest, you know, I I grew up uh, from that same you know era, that urban city. You know, I grew up. I was born in '79 and uh, went through the crack epidemic. You know, my mom was on drugs at, at one point in her life, which affected our family considerably. She was a single mom, uh, ended up homeless at the age of you know, 13. I was in the eighth grade, dropped out of school, and I found myself living on the streets and walked into a gang. And, and you know, that's how you survive out there in, in those streets. I grew up in, you know, California, Northern California, about 10 miles north of Oakland in Richmond, California. And I stopped going to school. So I'm, I'm an eighth grade dropout. I never went to high school, never went to college. And, you know, I was in and out of juvenile hall. And then, you know, as a young adult, I was in and out of county jail and I was looking at extensive time in prison. And, you know, roughly when I was 23 years old, I had to make a decision. You know, I was a young father. Uh, what am I going to do? And I had these blemishes on my record that I couldn't take off. And luckily, the judge showed me some mercy and said, if you do A, B and C, we'll clean you back up and we'll allow you to get clean back up. And then my drive and my determination to succeed was just I just, I wouldn't allow myself to fail because I had children to take care of and I wanted to give them an opportunity that I just never had. With that being said, as I got into the packaging industry, I realized that if I ever became a business owner, I could impact so many others that are like me that don't get those opportunities uh, where they are serving two sentences. The one for the crime that they once committed and then another sentence for eternity while they're living here 
on earth. And it's just, it's pretty sad because the residual effect on their children is, is wreaking havoc over generation and generation. When you do not give someone the opportunity to provide an income for their children or at a much more modest level of income because of their past, because they made a mistake when they were younger or whatever it might be, you're directly impacting that child. You're giving the child less than they deserve. And I just felt like, you know, what can Veracool do? And I look at some of these larger corporations like Walmart, Target, and some of these large, large, large corporations. What are you doing? You know, the unemployment rate for formerly incarcerated uh, men and women is at 28, 29%. And that was pre-COVID. I can only imagine what it is now. You know, when the standard, you know, unemployment rate for the U.S. population is at 4%, 4.5% pre-COVID. So I wanted to really stand out and tell others like, no, that you could tap into this, this community and you could support them. And some of our best employees are those that are that formerly incarcerated. Uh, we have amazing employees. We have one guy named Gary who spent 24 years incarcerated, got locked up at the age of 17. We're roughly the same age. And, you know, we gave him an opportunity and he had some of the most spark that you will ever see in an employee. And to know that he could have been lost when he was never even given a chance as an adult or a young adult to reverse his wrongs and make them right. And to know that we have this talent and to see this zeal in him, you know, we put him through our engineering, our thermal engineering program, and he's one of our highest performers. And to know that, you know, one day shortly in the next several years, he'll be able to make, you know, $40, $50 an hour and being judged based upon what he's able to provide for a company versus based upon what he did 25 years ago as a kid. That's what Veracool wants to be. And this is who we are. And it's not to pat ourselves on the back. That's not why we do what we do. You know, we refuse state and federal subsidies. We don't take any of it. Why? Because we don't minimize our employees to a dollar amount. We want them to always have hope and to know that we believe in them. And we want corporate America to also stand up. You know, we talk about these crime ridden, infested neighborhoods. But at the same time, we take all the resources out of them and we don't interject anything in them. And we tell them, no, you have to stay here. But we have no clue on what they're doing to their children. We're shutting down opportunities in communities and it's sad. So what Veracool is trying to do is trying to be that beacon, that light, that, that little kid on the hill yelling and screaming, hey guys, look at us, look at us. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Let's all get together and let's support our communities. And that's how you truly affect change crime, you reduce crime by giving opportunities. And I don't think the packaging industry has ever seen anyone like me. They've never come across anyone like me that has come from this environment and is semi-successful. We need to make change and we can do it environmentally and socially. I don't believe in just handing out opportunities. I believe in giving those to those that really want them and giving opportunities for those to succeed uh, versus just handing out things and so on. That's, that's awesome to hear. I think, um, you know, so often in, you know, conferences and things like that, you always hear people talking about the positive impact that you can have with packaging. Um, you're obviously not just talking the talk, you're really you know, walking the walk in terms of um, even doing the best you can from a sustainability standpoint, and then also some really great community work too. Um, so that's re really impressive to hear. Well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, well, Daryl, thanks for joining us today. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time, and, and it was great to hear a little bit more about the work that you're doing. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Just appreciate the opportunity, and thank you so much. 
thank you for listening to Unpacking Excellence with Daniel Beardsworth. Daniel Beardsworth. For more resources on all things packaging, head to our website, adeptpackaging.com. Don't forget to subscribe and thanks again for listening.